Good afternoon, and thanks for tuning in to the Ball Talk Pod with Evan Kinter and Shaden Jones. We've got a very good show for you today, and we're really excited to welcome our first guest, Chris Reichert, from who is the co-founder of Two Ways and Ten Days dot com, and the associate editor of the Step Back. Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always fun to talk about, you know, the NBA and the G League. I'm, I'm always for it. Thanks for having me on. All right. So our first topic of the day is we want to know, we want our listeners to know what the two-way contracts are and what they mean for players who wouldn't normally have a chance to make a 15-man roster. Sure. Yeah. So these, the, with new um, collective bargaining agreement, the NBA added two new roster spots instead of only having 15 roster spots. NBA teams have 17, um, but the final two spots can only be used on these new provisions, which are two-way contracts. Um, and, and in essence, what they are is, is a way to um, add two, two guys, maybe undrafted players, and back some players from overseas, or what have you that the team is interested in, pay them a little bit more money than they can make in the G League, but not as much as they could make you know, as part of the 15-man roster. Um, they'll spend most of the year in the NBA G League, you know, developing their game, working with the team, um, and they can spend up to about 45 days with the NBA club and make anywhere close to about $205,000 um, if in that full 45 days with the NBA club. So um, it's a huge deal because I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, so like when this is what I what I've read on they get paid NBA like average pay whenever they're on the team right whenever they're called up correct yes well with the NBA club they get a prorated salary based on the NBA minimum so based on the like if they were a rookie you know rookie minimum salary and they're basically paid per day what they would be so it's one one of rookie minimum per day um that, that, that they can make. Now, they don't have to play in games. They don't have to play a single minute. They just have to be with the NBA club for for 45 days or any amount of days. If they're only with them for 20 days, they get that, that amount. So nothing's guaranteed for a two-way contract person. They, they, they're they not guaranteed that they're going to get 45 days. Um, so it just depends on each situation, each roster. And we'll see. We, we don't know yet. It's kind of uncharted water. So we'll see how each team handles it. And so and any time... Anytime the team can turn a two-way into a regular contract, and so is that right? That's right, correct? That's right. Yeah, they can convert it at any time. So if let's say you know trade, a lot of a lot of, a lot of roster spots open up after the NBA trade deadline because a lot of players get moved, and then maybe their new team waives them or what have you. So let's say they, a team has a roster spot open up, and one of these two-way guys have been playing really well, you can turn that into a their contract anytime during the season and then it could play obviously they'll be on the 15-man roster from that point forward um, and then that team could then sign another two-way player um, and use whatever days they hadn't used for the previous player and so if if they had if they had used the full 45 days already for the previous player they could sign somebody to a two-way contract but they couldn't spend any days with the NBA club so they only get they only get 90 days between many players times those two-way contracts. So most teams will just have two, I would assume. Okay, so uh, some topic we had, uh, some news that were coming out this summer was Thomas Bryant, they didn't know what the Lakers were going to do, whether they were going to, whether they were going to sign him to a standard rookie contract for two to three years or if they were going to sign him to a two-way contract. 
So I was wondering, can you transfer a regular contract into a two-way contract if they're under the age limit, on the uh, experience limit? going to training camp now to have a few provision in the contracts um, that they can add that's called an exhibit 10 provision and if a player has that they can be then their contract can be converted to a two-way contract but it has to be converted before the regular season starts so you can't be converted in the middle of the season let's say they sign Thomas Bryant to go a rookie deal um, they can't open up a two-way spot and be like okay now we're going to move you to a two-way once the season has started but if they bring him to camp as like a training camp player on like a partial guarantee and he has an Exhibit 10 in his in his uh, contract, at the end of training camp, if they decide not to keep him and he agrees, they can convert that to a two-way contract and then he could be, you know, part, part of those. I also really like the two-way contracts because this also, so teams are trying to orient some, really try and get the D-League, the G-League, my bad, uh, teams really involved with the, with the the family club, the big club, and so I think this really helps because it's more dialogue between these these two clubs, and it really like really thinks it's really more developmental, and then the big people can just can really help, and I really like that this is doing this. So, does this have any effect on what normalized you when you wave in training camp? Normally, the you get club players in G League, would this affect any with the two-way contracts also? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be effect with two-way contracts because um, the two-way contracts, basically, for a camp, you can invite 20 players to camp. The two-way contract players count towards that. Um, and then you can, you know, after your camp is over, you'll send some of those players that you cut down to the G team. The two-way contract will obviously the majority of them with the G League team as well. That's going to have a huge effect on uh, the partnership between the two, you know, the, the GF State and their NBA pair up, um, how these players coach, how they work on uh, while they're with the G League. So all that stuff's going to be coordinated between the two, the two clubs or between the one organization, you know, between the affiliate and the partner. And, um, we just we'll, we'll start which clubs are really perfect it, which ones can can take advantage of it really quickly, and. Um, and I think you'll start to see kind of the fruits of that pretty soon, as early as like mid next year, maybe even the following year. So I think there's 15 signed two-way players right now. I, I think there's something like that. So do you think a lot of these teams will keep the two-way contracts open, the spot open? Because we know this is uncharted waters, but I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Yeah, there's actually 45 players signed to two-way, 15 available. Um, that are left between all the 30 teams. So there are 14 or 15 clubs that have already signed the next two players to the two-way deals. Some of those deals will be filled most likely after training camp. You know, they're going to decide, hey, uh, we have one available, we'll move it to there. Every single club has signed at least one player to a two-way contract. So um, they're all, they've all used at least one of them. There's only 15 spots left. So you, it, it's assumed that a lot of those will come from training camp cuts. Um, but I guess you don't know. I mean, if somebody's not, if a team is not enamored with a guy enough, or if a guy won't agree to go to the two-way contract and he heads overseas instead, or something like that, um, you know, there's it, it, there's some unknowns. But I would assume that the majority of those remaining 15 spots will be filled once the NBA training camps come to a close. And so I've I've done some research on this, and so Alex Caruso uh, was signed with the by the Lakers to a two-way contract. 
but he signed a two-year two-way contract. So can you tell us what the, the difference between like a regular one-year two-way and a two-year two two-way contract is? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's essentially Alex is just kind of locking himself in with the Lakers for the next two years. Um, their contracts are non-guaranteed. So from the Lakers' standpoint, there's really not a difference between a one-year or a two-year. If the Lakers, you know, go the full year Alex and they pay, you know, you didn't improve as much as we thought or we want to use a different, you know, we want to use our two-year contract on a different guy in 2018-19, they can waive Alex at any time and it doesn't change kind of their standing as far as basically locking himself into uh, a deal with the Lakers for the next years and saying, hey, um, you know, I'll stay with you because I'll, I'll be here for the next two years at least. Um, so there's no real major difference in terms of, like, the financials of it or anything like that. Um, he's just kind of committing to at least two years with the Lakers on, on that two-way contract. He's probably hoping, like any player would, that sometime during this season or at the end of this season they'll convert that to a and, you know, that's the goal for all the players off you man roster. Um, but it's like he's committing to, get, to giving it a good two-year try here in So now, now I want to talk about the recent G League expansion draft. And there was how, – how many new teams were there that was added to the G League? Four new teams this year. All right. Can you give us a little – your thoughts on the, the expansion draft? No problem. So we, we had the, the four new teams are the Agua Caliente Clippers. Um, obviously, that's the Lions Clippers affiliate. The Wisconsin Herd, which is the Milwaukee Bucks affiliate. The Memphis Hustle, uh, which is Memphis Grizzlies affiliate. And then the three Bayhawks, who were actually in the relationship with um, that who will be taking over. Um, here used to be with Orlando, but Orlando purchased a new a new dealing team and, and put them in Lakeland Forest. They could be a lot closer. So. Um, yeah, there's four new clubs. Each of them got to pick 11 players. The expansion drafts are kind of kind of weird. It's different in the G League because they're they're picking rights to players who could come back to the G League. So these are all players who have played um, potentially the last two years or so, and their rights were held by a previous team. So the previous team had to give up these rights, and then they got drafted by these new these new teams. So um, if I had to rank them in how each team did, I'd say. From what we know now, afterwards and the trades made afterwards, I'd say that the Aguilera Clippers is the best. Uh, I think the Wisconsin Hurts did really well. Memphis Hustle would probably be third, and then I think Erie comes in um, at the end there. Um, they didn't be terrible, but I think if I had to rank them one through four, that's what I'd put them at. Okay, so how many how many teams do not have a G League affiliate now, is, or or is there all filled? There's only four left. So there's four left that don't have a team. Um, so there's, there'd be an all-time high of 26 this year, 26 teams. So I think these – do some – some of them share, correct? Some of them share ownership of a team? No, not anymore. They're all singly, singly affiliated now. So the four who don't have a team, uh, when they want to use the duty, they, they basically use what's called a flex assignment. Um, and they have to have one of the other teams willing to take on their player and, and take them for their assignment. Okay. Um, so give us your thoughts on the upcoming G League season. It's usually the Sioux Falls, Sky Force, and the LA Defenders are really good. I'd like to hear what 
in the Oklahoma City Blue, I think will be pretty solid this year with Terrence Ferguson probably on the team. So, can you just give us your thoughts on the G League season? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the G League is different, a, a little bit different than the NBA in terms of it's hard to, like, put together, like, a season preview or anything until, you know, everything comes out. So, everything was a little bit later in the G League, like the, the G League actual draft, October 21st. So, we don't know who these guys have drafted yet. Um, a lot of their the G League rosters come from NBA training camps, which obviously is going to happen in, you know, early, mid-October. So, we don't know a lot of the full rosters yet. A lot of what we know is the two-way players. Um I mean, what I'm excited for is, like I said, the all-time high of 2016, the addition of these two-way deals, the game kind of how this all plays out and how these affects the teams in terms of wins and losses. Um, they, they have a title sponsor this year, so Gatorade is the title sponsor of the league. That's why they switched to the name G League instead of D League. Um, the draft begins coming up a little bit over 30 days. We're just going to see a lot more talent this year because of these two-way players. Um, the two-way contracts really were able to lure back of players from overseas who are, you know, playing over in Italy and Europe and Australia and places like that where they were maybe around 200 to 300,000, but this gives them a shot to be on an NBA roster and still pays them much more than a standard G League salary, which is only $26,000. So, um, you know, 275, a big jump from 26. And so these guys are exciting, man. And it's given, given the league an influx of talent and it's a lot of veteran talent, like people who have played professional basketball before. So, I didn't see a lot of different teams be up near the mix. It's not going to be the standard team. Um, but, but good organizations, just like in the NBA, they're good every year. Like you said, Sioux Falls, uh, the defenders, the can't charge, uh, the main red clubs, like like this, Fort Wayne, Mad Ants, they're always up like, in buying for playoffs. But I'm going to see some other teams jump in there, uh, teams like the Salt Lake City Stars who have, Nate Walters and Eric Griffin as their two two-way players, two guys who are definitely NBA or players. So they spend a lot of time there. You know, they're going to be a good team. They put some good people out. So we're, the two-way players are going to add a brand new to it, and I think you see some new teams up there uh, around the top of the league. So I said LA Defenders. I meant the as they changed to the South Bay Lakers this offseason. So that was my bad. And also another thing I like from the G League is that they have open tryouts for players. So, like, last year there was a uh, David Nawaba from the Lakers who was waived this offseason and signed with the Chicago Bulls. He was really under the radar, went to Cal Poly State, I think, and he really impressed them, and he was way under the NBA radar. And then he really showcased at the, the defender's tryout, and he earned a spot. So I want to hear your thoughts on, like, why this is so effective, and why don't the why doesn't the NBA really implement this the trials? Yeah, it's a cool thing. This league, I mean, the minor leagues are obviously going to be a little different than the NBA. I, mean, the, I don't, I don't know that an open trial would work in the NBA. I mean, they, the NBA essentially has their own open trials. They can invite players in for private trials whenever they want. Um, so, you know, the, the NBA essentially has their own kind of way of doing that. The D League or the G League, the, the reason it's so cool is because you get these, you know, triumphant stories. You get these Jonathan Simmons stories. You get the David Dohaffer stories. Um, you know, stories like that are always cool to see. There's a lot of other players who have been tryout players who did really well in the G League and really make the NBA a substantial three uh, overseas somewhere that they wouldn't have earned otherwise. You know, and without the exposure that they got from the G League. So 
the open trials are cool, man. I mean, it, it gives guys a chance to come in, really impress, show what they can do, um, and and just give themselves a second chance. Some of these guys are a little bit older. Some of them are rookies from small schools like David Nwaba. Um And some of them have been to, like, multiple junior colleges, multiple D1, D2 schools, and, and they're really just trying to make it. So it's, it's part and parcel with the league and, and how you get a lot of unknown gems and, and people who maybe have, have – been forgotten and, and now they get their chance to shine and, and hopefully get an opportunity like I said, either in the NBA or making some more making some money overseas. Okay, Chris, we've got our last topic for you. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the upcoming NBA season as of course there's the sewer power in the Golden State Warriors and always the San Antonio Spurs are in the mix and then there's uncertainty with Cleveland and there's a whole new roster in Boston. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on the upcoming season and what you project to happen. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you know, since, since I've been covering the G League, I, I watched the NBA kind of in a different light, a different spectrum, if you will. You know, I'm looking at, like, how many of these rosters have open spots, how many of them have holes to fill, you know, because I'm looking at what G League guys can fill the roles. But, you know, I'm still a huge fan. I still watch all the time. And I think kind of the main thing I'm looking for is, like, all these new faces, you know, on different teams. I mean, you mentioned Boston, Hayward, and Kyrie. Um, I want to see what happens with Isaiah Thomas. I'm in Washington State. So I'm a huge, you know, Isaiah Thomas supporter. So I want to see, uh, see what happens with him. I hope he's healthy. I mean, you got Dwight Howard in Charlotte. you got Paul George in Oklahoma City. Chris Paul in Houston. I mean, everybody's switching. And I just want to see kind of fun of that and, and how all that melds and, and how the chemistry works out. Um, also, I'm, I'm a big Trailblazers fan. That's why I feel because, like, you know, I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest. So I want to see a full season of, of Dame and uh, CJ and Nurkic. Um, and I, and I want to see guys like Mo Harkless and uh, Farouk Aminu kind of, like, play their role and kind of break out, hopefully. And then, of course, like you mentioned, everybody's kind of chasing the Warriors. I mean, it, it's kind of – it seems like it's there. It's like it was – um, you know, Durant, that's Draymond, I mean, Iguodala, I mean, they're, they're all rock, top of the they just, they play well together, and now they got this super kind of arrogant chip on their shoulder, and it's, it's just a fun thing to watch. Uh, so I'm excited for the season, man, I can't wait for it. Um, I don't know as much as I used to, just because I'm so involved with the G League stuff, but, but I'm definitely going to be watching some of these storylines and seeing how it all plays out. Yeah, and hopefully the uh, the Trailblazers signings can match up to their big deals that they that they've been wanting to come to fruition. So um, I I am hoping the Trailblazers do really good this year. And I think I think with with the uh, Nurkic for a year, him and uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum can really mesh well. I think they can have a really solid year. So I'm really excited to see what they can do and. I also think Terry Stotts is a very underrated coach. He's not given much credit, but he's when it, he wasn't given much credit because they had Aldridge and Matthews and Batum and Lillard, so they didn't expect him to essentially do that much. But now with the weekend roster, you really see what kind of coach he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a good coach, man. Axes and O's, you can get the reputation of like a Brad Evans, you know, like the in-game changes and, and coming out of timeouts and plays like that. But, you know, Sox knows his stuff. He knows how to get the best out of his guys. So I think that they can stay healthy. I mean, they really need, obviously, to be, like you mentioned with the salary cap. They've paid a lot of money, a lot of these guys. They overspent off-season. Um, you know, they shipped Alan Crabb out to 
Jersey because of it, or to Brooklyn because of it. So, I mean, they've, you know, they've made some mistakes or some, yeah, some missteps here in, in the past and offseason, but they got, they got a nice little course, and hopefully they can compete. I mean, I don't think they're championship level by any means, but that's one we have to see, you know, going to when it comes to the playoffs. So, it'll be a, it'll be fun to watch. Gary Lewis is always fun to watch, man. That dude has a permanent chip on his shoulder, and, and I, I just can't get enough of it. Maybe you can see some of Zach Collins in the G League this year because he's going to take a little time to develop. So maybe we can see Zach Collins put on a good show and uh, then develop. Well, I hope they do. Zach Collins down. They used the, the G League a lot last year with uh, with Tim Quarterman, who's not with the team anymore, and uh, and Jake Lehman. So we'll see if they use it again for for Collins. He should do really well in G League. The G League is really kind of a guard forward type league. A lot of the really good quality big men, you know, they get deals overseas or they get deals in the M. So a uh, young guy like that can really come down, work on his postings, his footwork, uh, and really develop and not have to worry about necessarily putting up huge numbers, but just get, you know, the style, the pro style down and things after not starting a single game against Zaga and being a lottery kick. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that too. I also really like Caleb Swanigan. But thanks again, Chris, for joining the show, and we would love to have you back sometime, and this was, this was great. I think our listeners will be very informed from this, and you did a great job. Thank you. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me anytime. So that was a great interview, in my opinion, for this podcast, and... I really liked it. I want to, Shaden. I want to give you. I want your thoughts on this. Interview. Uh, me, Shaden wasn't didn't talk much in this. I didn't want to ruin anything. They haven't been pretty mad at me, but uh, I was really informed from it. I didn't know a lot about the two way contract, but I learned a lot from him, and I thought it was really cool just getting to talk to somebody that knows a lot about basketball. And usually, I'm only stuck with Evan, who doesn't know that much. Yeah, I don't know much at all. But I think it was fun. I hope we can get more people on the show for you guys to do this stuff. And, yeah. Thanks for listening to our first interview on the Ball Talk Pod. And we're, we're hoping to bring you back some more uh, guests. And then we'll have an episode for you later today on the NBA News today. But we wanted to bring this to you as a separate episode just to listen to this. So thanks again for listening. And... That's all we got today. Thank you.